Welcome to the Heal Utah podcast, your source for politics, culture, economics, and everything in between through an environmental lens. Thanks to our sponsors, Cool Clothing, for making this episode possible. Cool Clothing, based here in Salt Lake City, is a product-driven apparel company with a passion for the outdoor experience. They are a group of artists, designers, and athletes who collaborate to create great products that are timeless and in a constant state of evolution. Born in the mountains of Utah, their innovative designs and technical fabrics have been enhancing movement and outfitting adventures for 30 years. Find them online at cool.com, K-U-H-L.com. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Heal Utah podcast. I'm your host today, Grace Olskamp, and I am the Communications and Outreach Associate here at Heal. And I have one of our policy associates with me here today, Jessica Reimer. Hey, Jesse. Hello. Um, so, Jesse, really fast, what do you do at Heal Utah? So, I, like you said, am our pol- one of our policy associates. And I primarily focus on our air quality work, um, but also do a little bit of our climate work, a little bit of our nuclear work. Um, but overall, I'm spending a lot of my time thinking about legislation that we want to be passing, legislation that we don't want to pass, and kind of watchdogging kind of what's out there, and then also on the regulatory side of things, doing the same thing, kind of watching the process, seeing what we want to weigh in on, what, you know, is happening, and just, you know, keeping an eye on things in those realms. So you mentioned the legislative session and getting bills passed or hoping bills don't get passed. Mm-hmm. So let's back up a little bit for people who don't have to spend 24-7 up there in the winter like we do. What is the Utah legislative session? How do they operate? What's the deal with them? Okay, well, I will say when I first started working for Heal a few years ago, I also had no idea how our government worked. Same here. (laughs) I had just seen School of Rock, how a bill becomes a law, and I thought that was it everywhere, and it is not. No. So for anyone who doesn't follow the the legislative session or that process, don't feel bad because – Just because it's our life now does not mean it always has been. (laughs) Exactly. Um, However, now that it is, um, it is a pretty interesting process here in Utah. So Utah has um, what's called a part-time legislature. So it means they're not working for the government full-time. They're not elected officials full-time. Sometimes they are working during the time that they're not um, up at the legislature. Others just have the ability to, um, you know, divide their time as needed. Um, which in and of itself can be an issue just for equity and and the people that are representing you up there. Um, They are generally people that do have the means to do so. So, you know, it's always something to kind of keep in mind as you think about who you vote for and and the types of things that they represent. Um, However, the people that that are up there, um, like I said, it's a part-time legislature, so they um, are up there for 45 days in the winter, which is what we call the legislative session. And it generally generally runs from about the end of January to the beginning of March, and there's some kind of shift in there. And is 45 days typical? That seems to be very short for comparison to other states, right? Yes, it is very short. So, you know, I'm not quite sure what exactly other states do, but they often have longer legislative sessions. Or like in California, I think once you're an elected official, you that is your full-time job. So it kind of depends on how the, the structure is set up. But kind of being a more conservative state, I think the idea behind our legislature is that 
they are, like I said, people that are only working part-time, which means they're not full-time politicians. And I think that that's kind of one of the values that kind of drives the way that our system is set up here. But that being said, we they do get together in the other nine months of the year or, you know, 10 months of the year when they're not at the, the full-time legislative session. And that's called the interim session. So you may hear about this on the radio that, you know, our decision makers are, you know, making decisions on different things. And that's happening during the interim session generally. And that's once a month. So um, one day a month from about May to November, I think, is when they meet. And they it's kind of a time for education, for, you know, scoping out legislation that could come next year. They get updates from a lot of the state agencies during that time. So it's kind of more of a prep for the the following legislative session and follow up on anything that did or didn't happen during the previous one. And so during interim, they cannot pass anything or can they? So they cannot pass any laws, but they can do what's called a committee bill, which means that the entire, you know, for example, public utilities interim committee could make a decision about something that they want to see have a vote taken pretty early on in the session. So they can like set set up bills so that they get votes early on, but they cannot make specific decisions unless something like a special session is called by the governor. So from your experience, how has it been going up to the legislature, spending all 45 days up there? Last year, you were even pregnant during the entire <laughs> session and you yes. didn't miss a single day. <laughs> That was an experience. Um, I'm sure. And yeah, so what is it like, you know, bringing environmental pieces of legislation and bills to legislators who may not be as friendly towards it, but still somehow getting things to pass? It's interesting. I think that the environment, we have a, a perception that the environment is a very progressive issue. And I think that, you know, overall it is. However, if you can frame it in the right way and if you can kind of pull out the additional benefits that it has to society, so you have to kind of really frame what you're doing in the terms that speak to them. And, you know, some for the Democrats in our, um, in our legislature, most of them are pretty progressive just because they have to be, you know, otherwise those kind of progressive values don't really get represented. Mm -hmm. But there are also a number of moderate conservatives that we have in our legislature, and they see the benefit of a lot of what we're doing as well. So it's not just, you know, a Democrats versus Republicans issue. It really is something that does cross party lines. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that you talk about it has to change. Yeah. So what would be an example of a different value that you would give someone who's maybe not very left-leaning or someone who's more moderate? Well, I think framing it in terms of the economy, um, especially given that our economy is so based on tourism and the health of, you know, the beautiful mountains that we live in here. And it's just a value that um, a lot of people have here. You know, you Mm -hmm. live in Utah because, I mean, one of the reasons I live here is because of the mountains, of the access and all of that. And I think that Regardless of, you know, if you were born here or if you're moving here, if if it's for a job or whatever, it's one of the things that that keeps people here. And so you if you can frame it in terms of the environment is really a key part of our economy, then, you know, that starts to shift the, the discussion a little bit. A really good example of that and learning how to emphasize different values is back in 2018, HCR 
007, which is the <laughs> House Concurrent Resolution on Environmental and Economic Stewardship. So Heal and, you know, you and our other policy associate and a couple other groups were pretty integral on getting this passed. So could you both tell us what this resolution was, why it was such a big deal, and how you got something like this passed, which was it was the first thing of this kind passed in a red state in the country. Right. Yeah. So HCR 7 was um, originally something that was actually brought to the legislature by a group of high school students from Logan, Utah. And they had passed a local resolution at their city council that recognized climate change and had had a whole process leading up to that and um, were really excited and enthused by the progress that they had made at their local level and thought, how can we have a be, have this be even a bigger impact? There was one high school student whose name was Piper Christian who was really integral in kind of leading these efforts. Um, but they brought it up to the legislature in 2017. The resolution didn't end up passing, but there was a lot of um, momentum that was built behind it. And um, because of that momentum, uh, Becky, uh, at the time, uh, Representative Becky Edwards. She's no longer at the legislature, but was um, a kind of a moderate Republican in the legislature. Mm -hmm. She agreed to run the resolution in 2018. And that's kind of when we got involved because we had worked with her before. And, you know, we had we had an established relationship with her and she knew that we would be able to do this the right way. We also were working at the time with Citizens Climate Lobby and Action Utah, who both were really integral in helping to lobby for this bill and also kind of setting up the kind of the background um, to in order to get it to pass. And so what we did was essentially took the resolution that the students had brought in 2017 and retooled it. Um, because the way the language that they had used originally was very progressive and it included the term climate change, which we know is isn't in and of itself a very polarizing term. Right. And so we we basically looked through the language and then, you know, a lot of I was mo a majority of our legislators are LDS. And so we were like, you know, how can we utilize that in a way to, you know, reframe this resolution into terms that, you know, will resonate with them. Mm -hmm. And similar so, to finding those values. And exactly. that's how you need to present things based on different value systems. Exactly. And so we actually got onto the LDS church website and looked up their statement on environmental stewardship and took some words and, and phrases directly out of that that statement in order to and kind of you know reframed them for the the purpose of the resolution. But really kind of focused like the, the title says, on the tie between environmental stewardship and the health of our economy and, you know, how air quality ties into that and public health and, you know, family values kind of tied all of these things that really speak more of that, that conservative language. What I love to say is that we took out climate change, but we added the phrase changing climate. <laughs> and for whatever reason, that was enough to get people to, like, take the edge off. And, oh, amazing. And it was okay. They, they, they were receptive to a conversation about it. So it was really interesting. That was my first session working at the legislature. And to really have that be one of the first pieces of legislation I worked on, it was you know, very eye-opening and also encouraging that there were ways to accomplish the goals that we had in mind, just maybe not through the means that you originally think about. This last year, the state legislator appropriated $29 million, mm -hmm. I think, for one-time air quality programs, which 
we estimated to be about 28 million more than they have ever right. appropriated <laughs> before. Do you see both a climate change resolution, changing climate resolution, sorry, <laughs> that and $29 million for air quality as a sign of an emerging trend that Utah isn't this right. unenvironmental, <laughs> doesn't care about our future or our health type of state? Like, we are kind of leading the country in a lot of unexpected ways. Yeah, I think it's very subtle, but I think that we are doing things a lot differently than you see in other conservative states, which is really encouraging. Utah prides itself on collaboration and on working with people to get things done. And I think that climate change and air quality are two issues that have been pushed and pushed and pushed for so long by a kind of more of a progressive audience that now the conversation, especially as the national conversation is shifting, the conversation at the state level is shifting because the Republicans and conservative side also want to have a say in that conversation. And I think that both parties have started to realize that you have to kind of frame it in the ways that speak to your, like we've talked about, to your audience. And so you do see some movement happening at the, at the local level here um, that we haven't really seen in the past. And, you know, we are starting to have state leadership and business interests starting to pay attention to these issues. And that's a really important thing. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big things that came out of that $29 million is a, a relatively small appropriation in the grand scheme of things, about $200,000 that went towards a study that will be conducted by the Chem Gardner Policy Institute at, at the University of Utah, focused specifically on climate change and air quality. And um, that study is going to be kind of producing a roadmap for policy around those two issues going forward for the state. And the fact that there is state-appropriated funds to go into something that specifically addresses climate change. That's a huge step mm -hmm. for us here. Backtracking a little bit to the session itself, what is it actually like being up there? It's interesting. I kind of, overall, it kind of feels like a hurry-up-and-wait situation. Oh, yes. <laughs> where it's like you are really, you know, you kind of are focused on your issues and, you know, your bills have kind of a track through the legislature. So they go through, a, you know, a number of committees on the House side before they get a House vote. And then the same process happens on the Senate side. They go through um, a number of committees before a vote is taken. And so you kind of just have to... You're following the process, and so that's a lot of just, like, paying attention, paying attention, and then all of a sudden you have to act. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be ready, and, you know, sometimes you only have a day in advance, if that, to um, really, you know, be ready to give a testimony about what you want to speak about or to be working behind the scenes trying to lobby different legislators on their vote and all these things. Mm -hmm. So there's it's kind of like... A study process until it's not. And then it's like you got to be ready and on top of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of different people doing that with a lot of different issues. So it's kind of like a controlled underlying chaos for most of the session <laughs> until the last couple days. And then it's just absolute chaos. Yeah, the lid comes <laughs> off and the chaos fully explodes. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So overall, there's like kind of a camaraderie. It's like that's your world for 45 days and mm -hmm. you feel like that's the only thing that matters. And I think that that is somewhat detrimental in some ways because you forget that, like, mm -hmm. these are issues that affect people outside of the four walls of the Capitol. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think people can kind of get caught up in that sometimes. But overall, it's it's pretty fast paced. It's pretty fun for the most part until you have something that you really 
you know, are trying to work against. Heal, we're up there, like you said, meeting with legislators, meeting with other groups, testifying at committee hearings. What can citizens do? Citizens are allowed up during the entire 45 days. How can they get involved? Honestly, it can be intimidating if you've never gone up there before. So if you haven't been up to the legislature during the session, we can help you get up there. (laughs) Heal Utah, we have for the past couple of years hosted two days a week where we've had people um, come up and citizen lobby on different things that we're working on. And really fast, what exactly is citizen lobbying? Is it terrifying to go talk to legislators? (laughs) I think a lot of people, you know think it is. Right. Well, I think the biggest thing to realize is that the legislators are people. They are basically you and they chose to run for Mm -hmm. government. They're they're people that are representing you and they want to hear from you. And so as a citizen lobbyist, you are just speaking to the legislator that represents you about the things that you want them to pay attention to. It, Like I said, it can be intimidating, but we try to take that intimidation factor away and really just make it a seamless process from you being a citizen to connecting with them and having the talking points ready um, about the issue that you care about. Heal is definitely there to walk you through it and then let you loose and let you spread your wings and fly or we can keep you in the nest for as long as you need. What about the folks who, you know, are working a nine to five and can't really make it up during the day? Are there, you know, ways to contact your legislators and stay in the loop and... Yeah. Yeah, How do you connect otherwise? Well, so, you know, one thing that we do is we track all the bills that are related to the environment, whether or not we're running them or if there are other groups that are that are working more specifically on them. So Mm -hmm. we have a bill tracker on HillUtah.org. Slash bill tracker. Slash bill tracker (laughs) that you can use to just follow legislation if that's kind of what you're interested in. Often associated with those bills, we'll have some sort of action alert. So you can um, keep track on our website of the different actions that we have. You can send a, a message to your legislator through those action alerts about whatever we're trying to, to get information out on. Some of the other things that I think people don't realize, and I didn't really realize this until more recently too, is that most legislators have a newsletter that they send out every week. During the year every week, but like during the legislative session. I know Patrice Arendt does that with um, a lot of her constituents. And so you can look up who your legislator is and subscribe to their updates. And there there are also other ways that you can get in contact with them. They also hold town halls generally during the session and in leading up to the session. And so... Through those newsletters, you'll, you can hear about when they'll be hosting town halls for you to go provide your input to them. And, you know, you can always email them. You know, they're always looking. They're very receptive to feedback from people that they represent. Yeah. And just another a way to reach out that people sometimes overlook is see if your legislator is active on social media. There are a oh, couple yeah. up there who love Twitter. And, <laughs> Todd Weiler and yes, loves Twitter. <laughs> he will respond and interact with you. You know, if you can't come up, that is a great way to engage. I would just say, you know, subscribe to our own updates. We have a newsletter that we, we, we push out um, a lot of this information on. So you can do that at healutah.org. We usually do um, some community nights leading up to the legislative session that we'll probably host in January where we go over some of the issues mm-hmm. that we're working on. So pay you know, pay attention to that, and um, we can get you involved. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Again, I am Grace Olskamp, Communications and Outreach Associate. We had with us today Jessica Reimer, Policy Associate, and this has been the Heal Utah Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening and supporting the Heal Utah Podcast. Join us next time where we will keep looking at politics, culture, economics, 
and everything in between through an environmental lens. Learn more about Heal Utah and listen to more podcast episodes at healutah.org.